We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. We've got Grant Bills and Paul Emig with us today. And I'm all... Hello, everyone. Sorry. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm going to restart it <laughs> and then keep it in. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. That's Grant Bills, Paul Emig. I'm all set. I got my four golf hat, fourgolfapparel.com, promo code BART 10% off. We're on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream, danshaney.com. Just took uh, a gummy, happyplacehemp.com, promo code BART 25% off. I'm, I'm, the CBD oil like saved my skin. I, I'm so like happy about that. You must, you must. You must buy the the lotion the next time you buy there. Slashing crisis across the board. All of this to come. Right now, my two crazy guys, Grant Bills and Paul Emig. We're all inside. Don't worry. We're inside. Windows are shut with the smoke now all over our... You know, if I was president, I would simply build a border in the sky to keep the air out from Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're so worried about people coming in on the ground. Why aren't we more worried about the air coming in over us? You know what I'm saying? It looked pretty smoggy in Milwaukee today. I can't see the bluffs in Lacrosse. I can't see the bluffs. It doesn't look as bad as it looks in in your city, though. I don't think. I mean, it's not like it was orange like New York, but it's just like true. I don't know. I was driving home and I thought, should I not have my windows down? And then I just turned them down. I don't. I don't know about you guys. Like, I am definitely <clears throat> might hear it, but like, I'm feeling the difference. Like, my nose, my congestion, my my body is very reactive to weather. Like, I'll get headaches if like there's like a temperature change. that's tend like I get a headache. Like, it's just a given. So I'm very very sensitive to the weather the way it is. But this is doing a number on my wow. Yeah, this is doing a number on me. You know what I like is that I've seen every tweet possible. Every like, <laughs> I've seen. The smoke sucks. Then I've seen, have we simply asked Canada to put out the fire? Then I've seen, why is everyone complaining about the smoke? Like, why aren't we paying more attention to the fires? What can we do to put out the fires? I mean, it's just everything from one thing to the next. You got you got aquatic experts, then doing experts on coups, then doing experts on the fire. On the coup subject, I'm frustrated that that took place from like a Friday late afternoon to like early Sunday morning. 
Like, that's why I was, because I had a wedding Friday night and I was busy Saturday. Like, if we're going to try to overthrow a government, can we do it from Monday to Friday, nine to five, so I can follow along on Twitter and have something to watch at work? Feels like we kind of wasted the coup vis-a-vis, you know, internet coverage. It was all on the weekend. No one's online on the weekend. Oh, sure. Uh, then I was I was watching CNN on the coup. Oh, really? I guess, I guess the, the, the Werner's like worse than Putin. I mean, I, I don't know which one's worse. I just know if there's going to be a story, a wild story that lives on Twitter that I can follow on Twitter, I want it during the week because then I can turn it into content. That's why the submarine story was so great. By the way, I am shipwrecks are back in the modern. This I, this is at my time to be alive. I'm watching Titanic content. The Lusitania I see is trending. I'm reading comments on the Lusitania YouTube videos. They're like, I'm here from the sub. Like people are. Don't you feel like people die, though? Don't you feel bad? People die every day, Bart. Yeah, I feel bad. Let me put it this way. I'm not one of the people who are like happy that millionaires died. I'm indifferent, you know? Oh. Sad, sad, sad. I shouldn't say indifferent. I'm sad, sad. Indifferent was the wrong word. Hey, Tim, Tim, cut those last 20 seconds. Yeah, thank you, Tim. In post. Are they running a lot of submarine coup coverage on CBS 58? This might be a a good opportunity to have a current events Mm -hmm. segment with Tim Shea. Well, yeah, if Tim's doing his job right, he should get somebody to check out the ship that wrecked just off of Atwater. Mm-hmm. Get a historian. Mm-hmm. Always find a local angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a coup in Russia? Well, what if somebody, tra- you know, I don't know what the angle is. Anyway. Recount. We could do a, we could do a This Day in History, the Scott Walker recount. Not really a coup, but kind of local. Kind that was of a- This Day in History? Well, no, but... I don't know. Find a way, like Giannis getting drafted was ten years ago as of this recording. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We should include Paul into this. Paul, go ahead. I'm I'm enjoying your banter. Yeah, I don't know. About it's not that. sports related. This is more of the end stuff variety. How are you, Paul? We we always burden you with content create. We never ask how you are. <laughs> wow. Uh. I've known Bart a long time. He's never once asked me how I am. Well, that's what I said. We ramble about dumb things, and then it's like, all right, Paul, dance for us. Go ahead. Do your thing. We never I, like, I like my role. I'll be honest. I like my role that I fit into, though. So it's I, I don't do it under any uh, any duress. I am doing fairly well other than my upper respiratory situation. Uh, I'm excited for these topics. And, yeah, I, I'm, I've been listening to a lot of good music, as you guys know. I know we all agree AJR is a really good group. Um, I'm so, not anti-AJR. I just I didn't expect that from you. I It's outside of my typical range. Um, the fun thing is, is like, and I don't mean this. I, I just I, want people to know I think they're fucking terrible. I don't. The, the, the fascinating thing is like three months ago, I had no idea who it was. I came upon it randomly. And when you guys told me yesterday, like, oh, that song's on the radio. I had no idea. Like, I, had, I just thought they were like, I was like, is this? Do six people listen to this? Is this popular? And then you're like, oh, it's on the radio. Like, oh, okay. Do you like uh, OAR, Bart? I, I think Bart's an OAR guy. Was. Yeah, OAR was my high school high school death cab. I am not an of a revolution guy. Oh, that's what that stands for. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen him a couple of times. I saw him at the House of Blues in Chicago, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, I did. And I had a great hat. One of my favorite hats. And at the end of the night, I threw it in the crowd for some reason, and then I lost it. I was pissed. Oh. There's a there's a couple 
uh, Lollapalooza quote-unquote after-party shows I saw coming up at House of Blue Chicago, including Grant's guy Young Gravy. Hmm. Grant, you seem like a Young Gravy guy. We uh, we listened to his Rick Astley song on the boat this weekend, and I enjoyed it. I don't really know much about do, him other than that. I do know the one you're talking about. And then also, I know Bart is a big Jared Leto guy, and 30 Seconds to Mars will be there. Eh, they're okay. You probably rocked like some from yesterday, like twenty years ago. From yesterday, um, the fear. All right, that was my my tangent for you. Paul's musical minute presented by Four Golf. <laughs> if only my name. Four Golf Apparel, ten percent off. Mark or Matt, then it would have a better ring to it. Matt's musical minute, but uh, we'll settle for what we got. Mm. Are you ready for the sports portion of the? Sports and stuff. I'm right. I am. I, I want to talk about bagels. I want to talk about. No, I don't. Here's one I saw, and I always give credit when it's not my original idea. By the way, since we last talked about Christian Yelich and his All Star candidacy, the topic has become a thing. Um, we we were ahead of the curve on that. I, I will say in that regard. Bart's guy, Armin, I saw posted this. Do you uh, like Armin? No, I know you do. I know you do. I, I didn't mean that sarcastically. Um, Christian Yelich has now quietly led the team in. Wins above replacement. OPS. On base. Total bases. Runs. Hits. Doubles. RBI. Stolen bases and walks. So, not too bad. Um, here's the question I want to ask you. And this is one that came from Brett Intosa. Hmm. I saw he was tweeting with this um, at Sparky Radio. I'm kind of familiar with his work, but he was tweeting back and forth. And I and I thought this was an interesting way to approach a topic that I was trying to ask about, like a Corbin Burns thing or you know, more Yelich talk. But here's how I would say it. Brett wrote, and I quote, you would want to sign Burns long term? Question mark. No way I'm giving 200 plus million dollars to a starting pitcher when he's had a four plus ERA for the past 30 starts. Pick one guy of Woodruff, who's had a bad shoulder, Burns, bad ERA, Adamus, and Yelich to sign to sign long term right now. So if you, I mean, no, granted, Yelich is signed long term, but if you had all four on the table and you're like, okay, we're going to re-sign either Woodruff long term, Burns, Adamus, or Yelich, Brett wrote, it's probably Yelich. As crazy as that sounds, if you were to sign either Yelich, Adamus. Woodruff or Burns long-term right now, the person you should give that long-term contract to of, you know, eight, 10 years, $170, $200 million of the four, it would be and should be Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. I would say mm-hmm to that. Wow. Uh, Burns, I think, I don't know. I mean, could we, were the Brewers right to hold out three quarters of a million dollars? And and Woodruff, you know, I think still has some good years left. It's about consistency. Willie Adamas hits two home runs. Everybody's tweeting at us. Then he goes zero for twelve. <laughs> the next this is like this is this is uh, the uh, perfect spot to mention Eric Spolster for the week. Only mention when it's good things. Forget when it's bad. Right? Yeah. Uh, true. Uh, uh, but what I said about Yelich uh, the other night after Monday's game, if this was what you were going to get the next eight years. I think because we saw what like we saw the best of the best, then we saw the worst. I hope. Yeah. I think we would all take this in a minute. 
Like yeah. he's not going to be any better. This is it. This is what he's going to be for the rest of that contract. I think we would all take that. I think we're very satisfied with Yelich. I would still like to see, you know, more clutch like home runs like he used to, but maybe that's not him anymore. He has been a very solid piece of that lineup. I'm just looking at the month of June. 322 hitter. There's one, two, three, five games he hasn't had a hit. That's pretty good. I mean, there's and there's a lot of multi-hit games, uh, just two homers this month. But that again, when we traded for him, he was an OBP guy. Yeah. And that seems to be what he's doing again. So, yes, uh, I think Will, Willie's the first one I write off. Get him out of here. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by by you saying that. Um, I'm not a big batting average guy. I mean, obviously, it's it's something. Um, but 322 in June. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Grant Woodruff Burns Adamus Yelich. You only get to give one of them. You have to give one of them a long term big money deal right now today. Again, let's just assume they were all at the same point of their salary arc. You should give it. You would give it to Yelich. He's the correct answer of the guy you would invest in. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. I'd say mm-hmm. And I, when you first asked this question, I was going to ask: Does long term mean eight to ten years, or does it yeah. mean four to six years? Because if, if no, we're I, talking about signing like Brandon Woodruff four to six years, okay, I think I'd still take Yelich. But I'm I'm out on deals to starting pitchers that are eight to ten years long. I, I just yeah. think there's there's so much up and down, and I don't think Corbin Burns is a bad pitcher. Right. Everyone is pointing out like from this point in time to this point in time, he was this. And from this point in time to this point in time, he's been that like I don't think I don't think that's like out of the ordinary. I think pitchers have good stretches and then hitters adapt and then the pitcher has to adapt to the adaptations that the so like I'm, I'm not even that out on Corbin Burns, although I, I hope he starts playing better as the season goes along. But I, I'm really happy with what Yelich is doing right now i think the fault in the brewers offense is they don't have anybody at third base or first base to drive in runs yeah. right like the middle of the order is it's a black hole right now and jesse winker who's you know that right field spot is also traditionally like a hit for power drive and run spot that's been completely you know basically a zero as well so i don't think yelich is is doing much to hurt this offense i think it's the pieces that are hitting behind him so i'd go mm-hmm for yelich and paul i'm not convinced that we don't get a month this year where Yelich doesn't hit eight or nine homers because you referenced 2018 when he came here, he was an on-base guy. He was a hits guy. And then in his best months, the months at the end of 2018, August, September, he hit like nine or 10 home runs a month. And it's like, Oh my God, he, he found something for those two months. So if this can be kind of the floor for Yelich and then every once in a while, he can really get hot and bang a lot of doubles and bang a lot of home runs. Then you take the, that's the icing on the cake when you can get it. I'm, I'm really happy with Yelich right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just was quick looking up some stats while you were talking about that. And yeah, Yelich in the month of June, Bart, is the 13th ranked position player in all of baseball in wins above replacement. So um, he's he's been extremely good. I think that it's fair to say that this is Miami Yelich. Is like this is this is I I think everyone would be very, 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 maybe I'm being a bit extreme, but I think very happy. If this is the guy that plays the majority of the next, how many years does he have left? Six or seven? Like I know Bart, you've talked on National about there's he will be the new Bobby Bonilla. Like he'll be getting paid for a long time, but he's under contract for what? What what years it go through? Do you know off the top of your head? I believe it's twenty thirty two. Twenty thirty two. 
30 through the end of the 32 season. So another eight years. Um, but like, I think if he plays out his prime the next three ish years at an 800 OPS level and, you know, ranking where he is, or at least in this vicinity. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know if the answer would be uh, 2029 so mutual option. Tw- okay. 2029 mutual option. So it could only have 24, 25, 26, 27. So 25. five more guaranteed years left right now. And then a mutual would be in the 29 season. Um, I didn't know what the answer was going to be here. Um, to me, when the way that Brett framed it on Twitter in his exchange with Sparky, and even he's got like $2.3 million. How much is it? So when his contract's over, yeah, he's essentially then being given a 12-year deal for $28 million. <laughs> so he'll get what, like 2.1, 2. 2.2 2. each 3 year? every yeah. year. Damn. Awesome. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah, I think that's the equivalent of a pension. Yeah, uh, oh, an incredible, incredible, incredible pension, but a pension nonetheless. Speaking of betting all, averages, oh, go ahead, Grant. Well, I was just going to say this version of Yelich's game. This is something that should age rather well, don't you think? Yeah, it's, it's I do think. Like an uber violent, powerful hitter. It's very smooth. He runs the bait. Like Prince Fielder was a very is very violent in the way he played baseball, and that took a toll on his body. I don't think of that when I watch Yelich. So this is something I could see him if he keeps his his mind right and he he sees the baseball and hits the baseball I, like i think he should age rather well he's a guy who's been able to play every day and i don't see why the way that he plays should you know hurt that moving forward it's another good thing owen miller is hitting 195 in uh june yeah did you hear that part with uh miller park minute guy eric he said owen miller and brian anderson both got inducted to the chinooks hall of fame and owen came that night but brian didn't Mm. Not B.A. Brian Anderson, player Brian. Player, third base, right fielder. Yeah. Can I um, share with you guys? Uh, yeah. um, a- um, I'm a, I got the um, I got a case of the ums today. Well, you you brought up Owen Miller's. So listen to this. This is from Saladino World on Twitter. I saw this last mm. night. Rowdy Telez has 103 plate appearances and says his last home run. Since then, he's hitting 171, has a 203 OBP, and is slugging 226. For anyone wondering, that's a worse OPS than Jackie Bradley Jr. had for the Brewers in 2021 oh. by 68 points. Oh. So that's the middle of the order that Yelich is hitting in front of, which is a yeah. bummer because he's finally turned it on and now Adamas and Telez have gone in the tank. Well, We're let me s- pivot to something in a second. I do want to remind people that Happy Place Hemp has slashed their prices. 25%, 20 to 25% across the board. They've slashed it. So the gummies, the tinctures, the creams. Look, I'm serious about my sunburn. Oh, look, it's pretty much gone away. No, no, I, I was not wearing a necklace. And I was not wearing a bra. I only did my nippies. How do you get a sunburn like that? And then my stomach sunburn. I'm a fucking large guy, aren't I? No, I wasn't. No, I, I guess it was. that on the Dan Shaney stream. Hey, Dan, Shaney, <laughs> thanks for the sponsorship. I'm going to get naked on YouTube. I guess it was just more of a surprise you took your shirt off. No, your figure's not not that bad. I'm like Bart Kirshner is who I am. Is that yeah. how you said that? Kirshner. Uh, com, they already took promo code. They already took prices off. The promo code then takes 25% more off of that. 
happyplacehemp.com. College Court in Muskego, free shipping. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me ask uh, you something, Paul. Yes. NGB. And maybe you're going here. Do you have a Brewers trade situation? I do. Well, why don't you give it to us then? Okay. If it happens to be the same or similar, then, or if it doesn't, please still do yours because yes. you know how much I love being um, asked questions that I'm not prepared to talk about. I'm really Paul's good. Like, Paul's like cone roller if you took the bag off. You get to know my name. You get to see my face. You know nothing else about me. <laughs> you yeah. guys do. The two of you do. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's undisclosed. <laughs> Paul runs a sex cult. Uh, false. Let me just yeah. For mm-hmm. octogenarians, the Brewers should trade Corbin Burns, but cannot. Given the Josh Hader situation last year, mm. so you're gonna if you say mm-hmm, you're answering two parts. Yes, they should, but no, they cannot. The Brewers should trade Corbin Burns for a bat, some positional player help, but they cannot. Given what the fallout of Josh Hader's last trade last year was, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. well, we're so mad. Like John Morant did a gun thing, and then he said, "I won't ever do it again." But then he did a gun thing again. So doing it a second time, would it make it worse? Or are we already prepared for the blow of the Brewers trading uh, somebody, our best player, when when they're considered good? I don't think that Corbin Burns has nearly the value right now that he would at the end of the season. Now, maybe he lowers it too. I don't know. I, this is the thing with, this is the thing with trading people. If you don't trade them at their absolute apex, you're not going to get the best for them. And then teams are always going to be like trying to get more. Like the the Warriors, uh, the Wizards could have got so much more for Bradley Beal, as you've said. Oh, the Packers could have got so much more for Rodgers. Yeah. Um, you know, even if Dame gets traded, he could get so much more than, than the package. John Collins went for a 
second round pick and Rudy Gay. It's yeah, not even total, it's, yeah, not, it's not even a good starting offer. Um, yeah. so I just I, I don't know that the Brewers like. I don't know that it benefits them to. I don't. I I'm not in the trade Corbin Burns market, so I'm going to answer your question, and I understand what you're saying. Uh, and maybe God, I don't know. Enough plays into it that I'm going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So they 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 should, but cannot. And then I'm going to say, mm-hmm, because I don't think they should. Okay. But I also think they cannot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Fair okay, enough. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Grant, the Brewers should trade Corbin Burns, part A, but cannot because of what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. No, I don't think they should trade Corbin Burns. And I, I don't know that it has a ton to do with the hater trade, although I think that's in the back of everyone's minds, including the, the Brewers front office. I just, as a rule of thumb, am, am anti-trading guys in the middle of the season, unless the team totally sucks. Like, I, if I think, if there is a debate, buy or sell or stamp, if there's even a debate on what the team should do, they should not sell. They should not trade. Do it in the offseason. Always do it in the, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have been opposed to them dealing hater last offseason, I think it's probably correct to trade Corbin Burns this offseason. And I don't think even if he just pitches middle of the road the rest of the year, I don't think his value is going to go down that much because he's Corbin Burns. He's won a Cy Young. Verlander got paid all that money this year. Like there's going to be a market for Corbin Burns. So just a general rule of thumb, if there's any discussion or debate, if the team should buy or sell, they should not sell a guy like Corbin Burns in the middle of the season. Yeah, I think it's worth saying, Grant, because from our previous discussions on this type of thing you are the guy who's okay with writing a guy's contract out yeah and if they leave it and if they leave in free agency they leave in free agency yeah. i think the one thing i'd push back on what you said is me too have, you are and yeah 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 that's but i think grant you said he'll have just as much value later like this offseason and I, I don't i do not agree with that because the okay. like if, if you are a top team you'd always want hey do you want a guy for a year and a half or for a year are you willing to give up more if you get a guy for a year and a half or a guy for a year? The answer is, of course, you'd give up more for a year and a half of a good player than for a year of a good player. I also think it's bad business, and I think you would both agree. I don't think I'm – this isn't cutting edge here. I think it's bad business to make decisions one season based on the outcome of decisions that were made the previous year. Total expression that would fit – that would be the tail wagging the dog, for example. Or something I brought up on my show on Monday. Have you guys ever played Spoons? You ever played Spoons? It's a fun game where you sit You sit in a circle around the table. You have two cards in your hand, two or three cards in your hand, and you pass cards, and you have to discard one as one comes in, and then the goal is to, like, get three of a kind, and then yeah. when you get three of a kind, you grab a spoon. So, like, what will happen in games like that where cards are coming in and going out is you will get a nine, discard it, and then two more nines will come by, and you're like, shit, if only I had taken the first nine, then I would have three of a kind. But once the first two nines go by, you don't then grab the third nine on account of, well, well I let two by, I better grab that. No, no, no. What's done is done. What's gone is is gone. Like, I, I don't think the hater trade should be uh, an indicator on what they should or shouldn't do. But I just, as, as a rule of principle, like, if there's a question of whether we're buying or selling, just wait until the offseason. We do, we, we do agree on that, that it should not inform this decision. Yeah. But, you know, I think, Bart, you started your answer by talking about being better prepared to do like a, that type of trade this year because we learned how to deal with it last year. I think, of course, what matters more to that is has the locker room learned how to adjust to that? Well, I think that sometimes during trades, like you assume the ownership is with you and you assume your GM's with you, but you never get like 
just don't blindside the team. And I know sometimes things happen so fast and things leak out. But so I guess you can't like go down there and be like, "Hey, you guys are playing pretty well. We are listening to Corbin deals." Can't do that, right? So I don't know what you do. Maybe you just don't trade them. Look, I think that yeah. Well, I, I was just gonna say if, and I brought this up on my show and I tweeted about it. But if there's one piece on this roster that I actually think makes sense to sell, I think it's I think it's Wade Miley. Like if I, if I was a GM, look at it this way. If I was a GM on one of the other 29 teams, Wade Miley is the type of player I would look to add. I'd sure, but but if you're an opposing GM, I mean, you will give up maybe your 30th ranked prospect for Wade Miley. Maybe. But, but if the, you're going to... I see it. The Brewers should... If the Brewers are looking to acquire anything at the deadline, I want relievers for the future. I just want pitching prospects because the bullpen is pretty barren. I know Piomps has been okay and Pagaro's actually been really good the last week or so, but... Like if I could trade Wade Miley, knowing that Brandon Woodruff is coming back and get a reliever prospect to maybe pair with Devin Williams in a year or two and to give Craig Council another weapon at the end of games, like that might be worth exploring. Corbin Burns, I'm not doing in the middle of the season because that's yeah. just too much of a shakeup. Wade Miley's found money as far as I'm concerned. He is, he is. But I mean, yeah, you just as long as we're on the same page that the package the Brewers would get for Burns compared to Miley is astronomical. <laughs> What what do you uh, think they would realistically get for Burns in the middle of the season versus in the offseason? I don't think it'd be that different. Well, if, if you're a contending team trading for Burns, you're not going to deplete your major league roster to do so. Mm-hmm. I think so, you get the same bullshit you got from Hader. You would probably yeah, very yeah. Which is the which is the problem with trying to sell and contend now, because the only teams that are interested in acquiring a piece like that midseason, and this was true of Hader is a team that's not interested in in hurting their current chances. So they're not going to give you major league help in return, which is why right. these midseason contend on the fly trades are so difficult and, and should just be avoided. So Maybe. I would say, Oh, go ahead, Brett. Sorry. My rhythm's off today. Sorry. Oh, come on now. I'm just, my rhythm's off. I'm not, I'm not picking up your, I'm not picking up your vocal cues. I cut off grant before. No, you didn't. Did you? I did. I did. I, well, you're the host. I mean, it's it's on you. No, but I'm the host. I'm the speaking of host. I do have breaking host news. Ryan Seacrest is officially the next Pat Sajak. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I've been, Ryan, I've been Ryan Seacrest. Just, he just he just he goes. Hmm, Regis, you died. I'm you. Hmm, Dick Clark, you died. I'm gonna be you too. Pat Sajak, you're retiring. I'm taking your job over. Brian Dunkelman, get the fuck out of my way. It's the Ryan Seacrest American Idol show. Is this the equivalent of... And Casey Kasem? He motherfucking took him over too. Well, I don't know what... Ryan Seacrest, I got to craft this tweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. I need to... I got to do this right now. Was he still have his radio show, Seacrest? Yeah. So, okay. growing up as a kid, people were always like, I had a... I had a VCR, I had a TV, I had a watch, I had a and now I just have a phone. We used to have Dick Clark and Regis and <laughs> uh, Pat Sajak, and and now we just have a Seacrest. Interesting. Is this like being put out to pasture? Like, hey, you've done all these youthful shows, now you're going to retire, you're going to age up into the category of Wheel of Fortune? Every night, the same way that like in local radio, if you work there forever, you're on the top 40 and at a certain point you get moved over to the classic hit station. He's not giving up any of these jobs. So he's doing it all? He does it all. Well, he did give up 
Kelly and Rippa or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I always liked Kelly and Rippa. The thing I was going to say about the Brewers. Yeah. Was I think they're good enough to let them be and compete. But I don't think they're good enough to be buyers. Like all in kind of buyers. What's the goal of this season? What What is a realistic, achievable, successful benchmark that this team can hit where you will feel going into next offseason like we've taken a step, we're on the right track. I'm. I think the team will will go farther next year than they did this. Year. What, what I don't know. I don't. I see. I was gonna say playoffs, but I don't know that. I don't know that we're at a point where. I just don't think a World Series is ever gonna happen. It is tough. Well, here, here I'll pivot that, Grant. Winning the division and losing in the opening round of the playoffs would be a successful season and give yeah. you hope and give you hope for the future. No. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, okay. I I think that this Brewers team is very similar to the Bucks at the end of the kid era. And I remember listening to Radio Joe on those post-game shows where he'd be like, just get in. Just just be the eighth seed, guarantee yourself a playoff series, and get some of these guys' experience. Get Giannis playoff experience, Chris. Get playoff experience so as this team ages, they have something to build on. And I kind of feel the same way about Weimer and Terang if he's going to be up here and some of these other guys. I don't I don't think a championship is attainable this year. Like, they could play yeah. markedly better in the second half. Like, Willie Adamas could get hot, Tellez could start hitting, and I still don't think they're a contending championship team. But I think there's a lot of value in simply getting in, getting some run with these young guys. They know what the stage is like. So coming back next year, they kind of know what it takes and, and what waits for them in September and October when they win and when they contend, you know? Yeah. I would just say about my answer to the original question of, Brewers should trade Burns but cannot is mm-hmm. I do think they should. I like Brett and Tosa. I am concerned about the past 30 starts. I mean, a four plus ERA over basically the sample size of a full season. If Burns still is getting Cy Young level worthy trade value, if that's the case, which we don't know, but like if another team would value Burns in a trade at his Cy Young value. I, I mean, I would say you have to do that then. However, mm-hmm, they cannot because they saw what happened last year. That's not good business practice. What happened last year shouldn't to such an extent like, we have this great Corbin Burns trade offer. We want to do it, but the hater thing backfired, so we can't. So we're not going to. I, I, mean, I, don't, like, I don't like that idea. I think that would be bad process but I think that's probably what would happen. So what are, what are we flipping court? Like, can we get a team's, you know, one of their best dozen prospects who looks oh. like he could maybe be the first baseman of the future. Oh, hell, oh, you, you could, t- you, I mean, you, I, I would say like, again, cause every farm system is different. Like maybe a team's best guy is the 50th overall. Maybe a team's best guy is 10th overall in terms of sure. uh, MLB pipeline or something. But you said, did you say like, could the Brewers get a top, like a team's top 10 guy, I think you can get like two top 100 overall type prospects. Like I, I think you'd get a prospect haul. I maybe am not even thinking this. I feel like they could get the same thing in the off season. I think you get a similar. Pattern. For Burns? Yeah. Uh... Burns, I, like Bart, on your post game the other night, you were like, Burns is costing himself money with every start. And I, I just, I don't know that that's true. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, 
I, think I don't know that Hearn's stock is is plummeting the way everyone dramatically wants to say that it is. I kind of oh. think he's fine and will be fine. Oh, I think it's I think it's plummeted quite a lot. Like, but but again, still to the point where if you're a team with fewer financial constraints and sure. you can more you can more take a, a risk in giving a what seems to be declining pitcher. And again, when you're the former Cy Young, there's nowhere to go but down. So let's be clear on what declining means. That's um, another thing. And that's why baseball is so hard is if like, if a guy has a great season, it's almost like it, it hurts him in the long run because we're always going to compare him to that, which is why Christian Yelich. Yeah. Which is why eight to 10 year contracts for the most part suck and they're bad business, but they kind of become the norm for these superstar players who hit free agency. If, if Yelich never had those two incredible seasons and this Miami Yelich was just like who he is now and who he always was, it wouldn't be like, oh man, he's underperforming. Cause it would just be, oh, like this is what he is. Um, so I have one, one more Brewers trade that I did not prepare to give you guys, but Corey tweeted the three of us with a trade idea this morning. Look at you. I mean, this is, I'd be more insulted if I was Tony in Texas, because not only are you going out of your way to compliment and credit everybody that you have uh, taken topics from, but you still will not credit Tony in Texas for coming up with simple topics. Like, do you think the Packers will be over 500 this year or (laughs) should the Brewers, uh, you know, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Uh, Tony's like, Tony's like, uh, Tony could be in a restaurant and someone could go, Hey man, what's up? And Tony be like, I already asked him that. Yeah. <laughs> you stole that from me. <laughs> Tone bone. Tony got Tony got mad on my show the other day because the Bucks didn't make the John Collins trade. He's like, horse has got to figure that shit out. I don't care about the salary cap. That's a player they could that he's got to deal. He's got to make that work. And I'm like, Tony, come on. I don't know. I got, got, I got a little frustrated at him. I told him stock down. This is a casual take by you. He didn't like that. <laughs> uh, we have we have Bucks stuff coming up here momentarily, but um, Corey asked us: Would the Brewers have enough? So it's based on a Ken Rosenthal uh, post from the Athletic of talking mm-hmm. about the Cardinals and trading Arenado and trading Goldschmidt. And uh, Corey asked us: Would the Brewers have enough prospects to get Arenado and or Goldschmidt while also keeping Churio? And Corey listed Freelick, Mizoroski, who was just named to the Futures All Star Game and is tearing up. High A ball with uh, Appleton. Uh, Jefferson, I think it's Caro, Caro, the, the catcher who's become a top 100 prospect in baseball. Gosser, who the Brewers got in the hater trade. Uribe, Tyler Black, Ethan Small. So you would give up all of your non Shurio top 10 prospects, or a lot, several of your non Shurio top 10 prospects to go get a Goldschmidt Arenado type of veteran bat right now. Mm-hmm. Not when not 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 the Cardinals. You you do the Cardinals no, because Under no circumstance do you trade with the Cardinals. Because it's the same reason you don't fuck your enemy's wife. You don't. You might you might think that you're you might think that you are like look what we did, look what we got, look what I did. <laughs> But that they're they're always in your life, ah, and they're always got to be compared to, and they'll always be. Well, remember when he was? Uh, no, you do not. Like Colton Wong, he was always a bigger deal when he went back to Bush Stadium. 
Thank God he's gone. That was such, that was shit. I liked Colton Wong. Well, yeah, we all liked Colton Wong. I didn't like that it was basically like he was at summer. Colton Wong, Colton Wong. <laughs> do I do too many analogies? No, I, I love analogies. I Please do this one. This I don't think I, I don't, but I don't think I speak in any other way. That's fine. This Colton Wong. There we go. Went to high school as a Cardinal. And then the Brewers was his freshman year of college where he's running around telling everybody, Hey, I'm at college now, but you know where I went to high school? I was a star quarterback at high school and my high school, my high school buddies, we do and my high school buddies. And then he goes back to high school for a weekend. And it's like, Oh, Colton, we miss you. Oh, what's up? Hey, I'm facing Wainwright. <laughs> Can you believe this? This is fucked up. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I'm so glad that shit's over with. I'm no so Cardinal should ever be a brewer ever again. We should have learned our lesson. Uh, uh, I, I kind of consider it the soup on theory. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grant, do you have a rational take on this trade idea? Well, uh, you, you, would, you would trade a lot of your, several of your non Shurio prospects to get a, in this case, again, because the Cardinals are so bad, Ken Rosenthal is talking about Arenado and, and Goldschmidt. So, uh, mm-hmm or mm-mm. So, Bart hit the rival part of this, which is an important part. I will come at it from the other angle. I will just, I will get down to brass tacks. Goldschmidt and Arenado are actually exactly what the Brewers need, right? Yeah. Because right now they have the pitching. They could use a little bullpen help, but you always figure that shit out at the deadline if you're trying to contend. They have the pitching. They have the young bats. They have the outfielders. They have their catcher. They don't have their run-producing corner infielders so i'm like well on its face that makes sense forget the cardinals forget make it the blue jays make it whoever those those pieces would go really nice with the brewers and then i started thinking but do they fit the timeline right mm-hmm. do weimer and turang and freelick and whoever else they bring up are they going to match up with the timeline and then in my head i said this is why sustaining success is a problem is because i'm never 100 sure on if it's the right time to address a need like like part of me is always like I, we need that but not yet we have to wait. But what about in two years? What if got that those guys might not be available? We might not be able to, to get those things. So it's just this is the problem with sustaining success. There's, there's a lot of advantages. You're in it every year for the most part, and we're watching relevant baseball, and we always have good players. But it's really hard to know when to add, when to buy, when to sell. That's, shit's really hard. I would say you, you, you guys, the two of you came at it from different angles. I'll come at it from a third angle. Nice. Which is like the triangle. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I am absolutely a Do you prospect. Know it's called a triangle because tri is derivative of three. Yes. It's got three angles. I three. have a I have a follow-up related the shape to shape isn't like this. Like, and what I think is crazy about that's why they call it spelling, because words put a spell on you. Thanks, Aaron. Finish what you were going to say, Paul, and then I have a follow-up to the triangle. So I, I'm definitely a prospect for follow-up to the triangle? I do. There's a follow-up to the triangle, which will follow this comment. So I'm a prospect guy. Um, I will admit, and Bart, I think you and I talked about this with Chuck on your show years ago. Thanks. Like, the only person, I think the conclusion that we came to with Keston Hira at the time was the only player in baseball you trade Keston Hira for is Jake DeGrom. End of list. When DeGrom was like 
of course, five years younger and on top of the world. And that was the end of the list that we concluded, I think, that we would have traded Keston Hira for as like this. There's no way he's not going to hit at a high level for 12 years in, major, in the major leagues. That Keston Hira. I definitely like to hoard the prospects. And though uh, clearly the Hira example is is one is a reason why you sell high on a prospect. That's a great reason to do so. This is why I, I won fantasy football this year in our uh, league. You did. Because you are prospect building. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to build the best team because I want to win. And you and all you and all your buddies are like prospects arm racing and I'm kicking the shit out of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You did. You did. Um, Someone offered me Kelsey for a first round pick. I was like, fuck, do I care? It's Travis Kelsey. And I'll admit, I thought you overpaid and I, you know, um, but I don't have Travis Kelsey so I can take fucking. Who? I don't know. But again, this is the two different. Yeah, I mean, you did the right thing. You did the right thing uh, in the league uh, for sure. Um, But even though there are examples that prove why you should not hoard your prospects, you should trade them with it. I still can't get there. I saw Corey's tweet and I said like, oh, mm -mm." like I just I just I need give me all my prospects. I need to see which ones pan out. Um, But so mm -mm, for me even though it would clearly obviously be a benefit to this Brewers team this year um, and next year. Um, But I guess, you know, I guess it's one of those, like if you're going to ride this out with Woodruff and then he's going to become a free agent and leave, and you're going to ride this out with Burns and Adamas for the next year and a half, and then they're going to leave. Then you kind of have a year and a half, but like, let's just say you gave up all of your non-Shurio top 10 prospects and you got Goldschmidt and Arenado. Like, let's just be ridiculous. You get both. But you lose your two through ten prospects are all gone, right? Like, are the twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four Brewers a World Series legitimate? I don't think we're good enough to be buyers, right? So I, I think that's another reason. Then, like, regardless of the Cardinals aspect that you brought up this earlier, this is the part. most bite of the apple year ever. Yeah, Grant, do you agree? Team, like, this you, team could slither, and and who knows? The problem is when they had better teams than this, they still were on like, like if you're going to be the slither in bite of the apple, you do it when you have teams like this, they've had better teams than this. And then they sat on their dick at the deadline. That's the problem. And they didn't think you got to go all in all the goddamn time. Manny Machado. Like that was 2018. I'll never forget that. They sat on their fucking ween. Um, I agree with you that they're not good enough to be buyers this year. It'd be, it'd be like, the, this is the analogy. I'll use an analogy, Bart. Let, let me, let me throw my hat in the ring. It's like, if you, which is an analogy, right? Hat if if no, you, this is what I said on my show, you're trying to make beef Wellington, right? You need a lot of ingredients for beef Wellington. That's labor intensive. I don't and think I know how to make beef Wellington. So I'm, I'm curious here on two folds. Yeah, I do, I do. And then you went to the store and you brought beef and you're like, all right, let's do it. And it's like, well, no, no. You might don't even bother. Don't even bother buying one ingredient to make beef Wellington if you're not going to buy them all. The Brewers cannot have it's an expression a contending offense unless they find a first baseman, a third baseman, and a DH. Like they they need three new bats, and that's why when people compare the Brewers, it's like, well, they could do what the Phillies did, or they could do what the Nationals did. Go back and look at those batting orders. Go back and look at who was on those teams. Just because those teams underperformed in the first half didn't mean. They didn't have elite hitters 
like really good hitters. Like there were multiple guys on the Phillies last year who would have been the best hitter on the Brewers hands down. They had maybe three or four guys. You could say the Mets, White Sox and Cardinals all have better lineups than our shit team. Much. I'm getting, I'm getting lightheaded. Is it, is it? You know what? I am too. Yeah. Right now. I was outside for an hour, not an hour. I was outside for like 30 minutes. I turned the fan off. I turned the air conditioner off because I figured maybe it was blowing. And it might be it's just I ate a small breakfast and drank a lot of coffee. But I, yeah, the fuck. Yeah, I'm getting like I like I like getting hazy eyed. Yeah. Uh, anywho, nothing, Paul. I, I already told you how I'm struggling with this. So now you guys are just playing catch up with me. I think so. You're or stealing my you're stealing my diagnosis the way that I steal Tony in Texas's topics. Yeah. Is this like a Munchausen thing, though, where I think I feel something, but I don't? Do you guys, have you ever thought you've actually had sympathy pains? Like, where someone you know is dealing with, and then all of a sudden you kind of, like, has this ever happened to you? It's happened to me, like, for sure. I, like, I'll feel I'll feel sad for someone around me and uncomfortable, but I'm not, I'm not absorbing their pain, you know? Not, like, literally, but I mean, like, where you, you, you can, because, you know, your brain is incredible, right? Like, someone's like, oh, like, my stomach hurts. You're like, oh, actually, shit, mine does, too. Um I don't know. No. no? When, that, when, when your wives have been pregnant, is that that's is that's, that's, that's what I'm referring to? Ah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. We both had morning sickness for nine months because she would be pregnant and I would be fucking hammered all the time. <laughs> uh, well, did you have a triangle follow up? Oh yeah. Oh. A triangle follow-up. Well, now the moment has just kind of come to pass. Well, I just wanted to ask, and I, I know Paul, you're a, you know you're a private person, but Bart and I, we went to school for communications. We yep. were scholars of of the written word and the presentation. Did you like? Did you go to school for like advanced calculus or some shit? Because like, I feel like you probably did. I should have, but I was in fact a journalism and media communications major. Uh, me too. Yeah. I was a political science minor. I was a sports broadcasting minor. I mean, I never took one class. How is that a minor? How is that a real thing? <laughs> I had to get eighteen credits worth for a minor. I think I took like a flag football class and that somehow went towards it. That's <laughs> I had so the great funny. Joe Heim all the time. Do you, oh, really? Yeah, Paul, you see I, him breaking it down on channel eight. I thought of you yesterday, Paul, because I was looking into the background of David Pope, because this is someone I've become very interested in. I, I really like his work and I can't stop watching his features now. He went to school for music and conducting. So before <laughs> he got into science journalism, he like conducted music in New York and shit and like composed for years and looking mm-hmm. back, I always kind of wish that I would have went to school for music at least a little bit. Cause when am I, I'm never gonna have the opportunity to do that again. And let's be real. Like I, I learned some good communication things that helped me at work, but I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I would say I learned much more doing internships and real oh. world experience than like, yeah. Which is the problem with today's generation is they don't do all that stuff. They get their major and they graduate and they think, you know, going to be handed a job that's not that's not how the real world works mm-hmm. you got to go well you learn on the job you learn by doing nobody wants to do nobody wants to work these days anyways you know i I, I, st- I uh stick up for today's generation okay because they they are like they do get fucked well yeah i'm never gonna be able to buy a house or right things like that but and you used to be able to like hey work this 13 an hour job and you'll buy a house mm-hmm or you'll buy an apartment that then, you know, then you can get a 20 hour and you can be, there's no path for that anymore. Like I'm fucking trying to make money on YouTube. 
because you like it can work. And mm-hmm. these people are on TikTok because like it works. So you want me to go and and there's another what I think about this a lot too is I enjoy watching the one thing is I liked about DoorDash was watching the money come in as it was coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. knowing I am at here and this is what I'm making to get to say, all right, you make $13 an hour and do an hour of work and be like, I made 13 for that. I don't know. It's different. That's not the same. I like to be making, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't just go work for somewhere for, you got to tell me you do this, you'll get a hundred dollars. Okay. Not you do this. I'll give you $10 an hour for 10 bucks or 10 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I like playing gigs. It's like you do this for three hours, you get this much cash, and then I can see the money going into the tip jar. Like it's, I don't know. My my yeah. my job is very, it's very hypothetical. You come in, you move some numbers around, you do this, you do that, and then every two weeks you get money. So I'm with you, Bart. I'm yeah. with you. Speaking of numbers, when you put Bart in the search bar at OmahaSteaks.com, wow, you, you can get the gourmet grill pack for just ninety nine ninety nine. Now what's in there, you ask? What's in there? Four bacon wrap fillets, four of them. Four premium air chill boneless chicken breast. Did you just hear that? Is that your stomach? Did you hear it? Yeah. Holy fuck! See I, how hungry I am. Thinking I was like it? looking at my phone, like I wasn't even dialed in. I yeah. That's I how hungry I am. Thinking of these four boneless pork chops, Ooh. the gourmet franks, and then they throw eight free burgers. And people like that with the Father's Day gift. This is for a limited time. Get it by uh, the end of this sentence. Type Bart in the search bar. Just go to omasteaks.com, type Bart in the search bar, and deals will populate on you like never before. Um, What else? Carl's Place? What do you got? All right, Did you guys um, hear that story, though? He goes, we're at a Carl's Place. Carl's like, yeah, we got a lot of uh, referrals from you. I'm like, oh, shit. He goes, yeah, but they're all like applicants for jobs. <laughs> people are people are looking for jobs, and they don't hear Carl's place with a golf simulator. They're like, I could work there. That's funny. Not that it actually. Whatever works. Your swing actually looks okay, by the way, the video you posted. You thought that swing was fine? Uh, well, I never golf. I haven't I, golfed. I, I move my arm. I do, I do move my wrist, and it's not smooth. I can't drive. The the mid range I can do, Grant. I like I like the mid range where it's like the green is right there. Hit I it can't up hit those clubs and, and bounce it down. I like that. I, if I could, if you could golf everything off a tee, I'd probably be fucking Rory Spieth. Or you'd be making four hundred million with Live, is what you'd be doing if that were. Yeah, if I were sold out, like I'm day one hundred percent. Yeah, I have uh, Bucks topics for you. Are you ready? I am ready. My wife just asked me, what's my mom's Wi-Fi password? And I fucking knew it off the top of my head. And it's one of those Spectrum ones where it's like Antelope Bus 57 or some shit. Oh, boy. I did what it. I thought you were going to say was what I was thinking was uh, if, if she was working upstairs, she's like, wait, aren't you recording your podcast right now? Why do I hear this Casio beat? Um, oh, no, she's not here today. Thank God. Speaking of which, the, the thing I was going to contribute during that portion was to say, considering we all sometimes share an algorithm, uh, like we see 10-year-old clips of Seinfeld on Stern on the same day somehow. I saw the clip recently, and maybe you did, of 
that one Gorillaz song being a, just a sample from a keyboard. The the Clint Eastwood song is just a, like just straight out of a keyboard. They didn't even write the the melody or the beat. Can I? I hate to do this to you, Paul. Can I ask a two minute question before we get to Bucks? Because I saw a video on my algorithm last night that I feel like you guys would have an opinion on. It was a guy. It was a TikTok of someone who took a bunch of screenshots from Seinfeld and the outfits that they had on and was like, Jerry Seinfeld, Elaine, these fashion icons, like, look at these fits. And all the comments on the video were like, this is just how people dressed in the nineties. Like this was everyday wear. Is that true? Or were they really going that hard on that show? I know you guys have lots of opinions about the nineties. Well, they always made George, they gave him one size too small. Okay. That's a fact. And Jerry, I, yeah, I mean, that's how people dressed. Not yeah, Kramer. I mean, Kramer dressed like a grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, with the exception. Hipster, maybe a little bit. What? Like hipster, like before hipsters wore clothes like that. Maybe. I don't know. Hey, Kramer dressed pretty close to how my grandpa dressed. All right. It's just the I, idea. Yeah. I, never, I never thought in seeing a Seinfeld clip or an episode like, oh, they're dressed outlandishly they are dressed uniquely like no i think that was just this guy was like they are fashion like they were pioneers and all the no, comments were like like no. well when he wore the pirate shirt maybe of course the puffy shirt yeah well, i don't want to be a pirate anyway sorry paul you're no, trying to I, box. no it's good um i wonder how much of this depending on when listener is consuming this part free agency starts on friday Thursday night or however that works with the time zones. So hopefully this is relevant a little bit. So I'll try to make it as broad as I can, considering it's free agency week and a lot can change very quickly. Um, credit where it's due. I had a similar topic, but I had, I shared a brain with Nathan Marzion for this one. We had a similar thought process. So I will share the credit there. Um, he asked, what's the percent chance that you believe Chris and Brooke both resign with the Bucks? What I was going to ask you guys was, and by the way, there's a lot, there's a lot of, I would say, so a Yahoo sports story came out Tuesday morning talking about no one's really pursuing Chris Middleton because it just seems like a foregone conclusion that he's going to be back with the Bucks. But there's a lot of Brooke Lopez chatter and a lot of Brooke Lopez interest. Uh, My question for you guys is you are confident that Brooke and Chris are both Bucks next season. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. So in order for it to be mm-hmm, both have to be, be back. Bart is giving me a face that tells me he's not so sure. Bart, your NBA takes him. They fast me. You seem to think that Draymond is on the outs. I don't think that will happen. You're, I don't know. I think it could happen. You're Sir Shakeup the last week or so. Sir Shakeup. With some of these takes that I'm hearing from you. Uh, I think 95% chance are both back. The only I, I'd give some wiggle room to Brooke, but I don't think he's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm, confident. Like if you had to like, you know, if I had to bet my Casio piano on it, I'd, <laughs> I'd say they're both coming back. Yeah. Where's Chris going to go? I don't, I don't think Chris is. Well, Houston, uh, if they don't, like, let's also, like, they don't get James Harden. Here, especially Chris, but they've been here for many years. They know exactly what they're stepping into. New head coach might reinvigorate them a little bit, but they got the same drive to work. I don't know. It's like sometimes when these guys get older, like watch, uh, you know, Rogers is 
Roger's a goddamn tourist right now. Yeah. It's it's you're taking out of your ecosystem for 15 years. Yeah. I I don't know. I like would I want to move somewhere? Fuck no. Move to lacrosse. Oh my god, I would so fast. I know. I'm I'm with you. Why would Chris want to go to Houston? Chris Chris reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins in that he's never really wanted to leave. It's never been up in the air, really, who's going anywhere. The understanding is you're going to pay me what I could get on the open market. You're going to take care of me. If there was like a train, do you know how much I would go to lacrosse for lunch and then just come back? Isn't there an Amtrak? Not like the Chicago one. So like your personal train. Like the bullet train Scott killed. Yeah. Where would you, just to eat lunch or just to be here? Yeah, Lindy's. There's like four other sandwich places I would go before Lindy's, but that's fine. That's no, fine. Lindy's. I, I, I was on a fucking hard Lindy's kick for a while and I'd eat there by myself. Pickerman's clears. Without Pickerman's coffee. is too, Pickerman's is too haughty totty. Okay, Paul, be right back. We're not on anything. It's fine. I'd go to, I'd go to Jimmy John's before I'd go to Lindy's. No offense to Lindy's. Holy shit. I mean, I love JJ's, but. I'd go to Pickerman's first. Yeah. Pickerman's, you got to like, it's it's hard being a first timer in Pickerman's. True. It's like, yeah. what am I doing here? Where do I go? Yeah. Lindy's is yeah. just. Lindy's but Lindy's, is... I'm surprised Lindy's is open. That place is always dead as fuck. It's like in the parking garage. A lot of my coworkers go there. I think a lot of people downtown go for lunch. We, we get a downtown, uh, discount card if you work downtown or live downtown you get a card and a lot of places they'll give you a couple bucks off or something but i'm i'm a pickerman's guy through and through i don't gobble. i went to dublin square for lunch with a coworker the other day go to the breakfast club a lot with coworkers, salespeople. you know they take me out wine me dine me you're gonna have to do some editing of this pod i'm sorry about that not right now <laughs> well now you do sorry all right what i miss yeah, you, miss, you miss Grant and I having a nice talk about sandwiches, and then he goes, "You got to cut this shit out." <laughs> All right, uh, so we're so yes, I think I think we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Confident that Brooke and Chris is back, but if the answer was mm-mm, it'll be because Brooke leaves. Yeah, yeah, agree. Where we're at. Uh, next one, a lot of Dylan Brooks to the Bucks chatter. I know Bart loves chatter, the word specifically. Buzz. Like the Grizzlies after losing to the Lakers and LeBron embarrassing Dylan Brooks in multiple ways, just like we, we like no one ever says of their starting shooting guard or small for whatever Dylan Brooks is like, Hey, he's not coming back under any circumstance. Like that's a pretty damning unique situation, but Dylan Brooks name keeps coming up in multiple different reports. You want Dylan Brooks on the bucks. Now, again, they have very minimal cap flexibility, so it would not be some exorbitant deal. Right. Dylan Brooks, you want him on the Bucks? Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Uh, no, I do not want Dylan Brooks. Just because you don't want to cheer for Dylan Brooks. Do we need a Dylan Brooks? I feel like Dylan Brooks gets in the way of whatever we're trying to do. Let me tell you this about Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is one of these guys that I look from a fantasy standpoint. Well, he's because Dylan Brooks, they're easy. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks can get you all the intangibles while also shooting two for 13. Sure. So it's not like he's an intangible guy that doesn't shoot much, 
he takes a lot of shots that he misses. Well, so I think he's a net negative. So, so like I was going to do a, maybe a PJ Tucker type comparison, but you would say Mm-mm, to the comparison. Dylan Brooks is a PJ Tucker was four for 17 every night while also being PJ Tucker. Let's just say what you're saying is that Dylan Brooks doesn't accept being PJ Tucker because Dylan Brooks wants to take a lot of shots and, and thus the net negative is what you're saying. Yeah, playoffs, four for 11, three for 15, four for 11, three for 13. And then he didn't even do anything else. He four rebounds, five. He's no, he's no, he, he fills up. He's, I don't want him under any scenario. I can't stress enough how disappointing he will be as a player. I, I feel as strongly as I feel about anything that I've said on this podcast, Dylan Brooks is a waste of minutes. Rant. Follow that. Dylan Brooks, you want him on the Bucks. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Um, the PJ Tucker comparison is apt in some ways, but also like PJ Tucker, he just wouldn't shoot. Right? Like the 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 negative of PJ Tucker was he was a non-contributor on offense. Dylan right. Brooks is he's a non-contributor, but he's trying to contribute, which no, is no, he's not. He sucks. 30 minutes is average. His average, he's 30, he's 30 minutes. He's a, he's a field goal shooter. He's terrible. That's what I'm saying. That's what his I'm saying. field goal percentage is 39. Not his three-point, his field goal. So he's five for 14 every game. He's got three re- – he's playing 30 minutes a game, getting you getting you 14 points, three boards, and two assists. That's garbage. That's 30 that's – like, that's like inviting someone to play with an NBA team, run with us for 30 minutes, you'll luck into some rebounds or whatever the fuck. Dylan Brooks. Out. No way. Absolute no way. There was a time. I've been, when... I've, 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 I've been not as smart on the end. I've, I've had some wrong situation. This is my comeback tour. I'm just going to say. Also, I think um, the Warriors are going to be dog shit with Chris Paul if they keep him. Dylan Brooks did shoot 40% in the playoffs two years ago. And he shot 35% last year. Like, I, there is... There is yeah, but I'm like 15 shots. He's taking too many shots, too many wasted possessions. Look, I'm not saying that I want Dylan Brooks. I just I think we've we've gone overboard a little bit with how much he sucks and all the things that we're saying about him. Like at one point he was he was a very important part of what the Grizzlies were doing. And I don't think the culture and the weird attitude and, and all the issues the Grizzlies had last year, I don't think it was just on Dylan Brooks. They had a ton of injuries. And then John Morant, like, okay, he needs his mental health. He likes fucking playing with guns. He just likes being a child and playing with guns. Okay. So that's a big part of the culture issue. And then they stuck it all on Dylan Brooks. I don't want him, but if he wants to come play for free and he's like, hey, I this is what I think I can add, and I want to like restart my career here for a year, I'd take Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm furiously, I'm against it. All right. Do you have Bart, considering you're so vehement against it? Is Dylan Brooks in your top three of NBA players? No, no. Let me take that again. Is Dylan Brooks in your top three of professional athletes that would be difficult for you to cheer for because they're on your team? No. Who's who's like who's your top few? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he, I think it's true. I, I think you're a funny yeah. answer. I didn't expect that, but that's fine. Chris Paul. Have yeah. a hard time with. Mm, who do you got? 
I don't know. But like Grayson Allen probably. Oh, hey, Otani. Stop it. I don't like that he does both. He's taking away a job. Oh, stop it. So I'm just kidding. Um, Grayson Allen was on a lot of people's and my. Oh, Della Vadova was on mine. Della Vadova was. And we became neighbors. How he lived in Shorewood. He lived in Shorewood. Yeah. Which is a a suburb. It's not Milwaukee. Um, I'm just trying to poke your buttons now. Um, we uh, we're gonna do a trifecta, a triangle of agreement, as it were. See, I, I like that. Um, uh, please stay away. No, no, I no, stay away. Mm-mm. Uh, two more quick ones. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them. I'll ask them actually uh, in conjunction. Bucks are linked to Kevin Love. Bucks are linked to Derrick Rose. You would want the Bucks again. We're talking, you know, scrap money, right? Find under the couch cushions money. You would want the Bucks to go after one of Kevin Love or Derrick Rose, mm-hmm, or mm-mm. no? If if they trade Bobby Portis, I'd take Kevin Love. Their skill sets are really redundant in what they add, and I think Bobby's better. But if they have it in their mind that they need to trade Bobby for future oriented reasons and for cap reasons, then Kevin Love makes a lot of sense. Not both. I don't know with. Derek Rose. I just, he seems like the kind of guy to go to a team that's kind of middling and they need some excitement. They need someone to have a crazy good scoring night every once in a while. I'm not saying he's not a winning player. He might be. I just, I, I don't know. I'd rather have Jabari Parker, honestly. Mm, no, there's too much. Take one of these guys, like, yeah, the Suns are working him out, so I brought him up. But are there like young guys that we can look at? I mean, I'm all for. Hey, Kevin Love, Derek Rose, what can they do? Like, yeah, I'm all for that. But uh, is there like, we already filled up that, we already did the quota of old guys. We got enough. Yeah. Bart, how much did you talk about on your show? How much have you talked about this Rich Paul situation with the Bucks that he convinced like 25 teams in the second round not to draft his guy because I of gave his it a Bucks. mention. I mean, this is like, this is a, I mean, again, how good will the player be? I don't know. How, will the player ever contribute to the Bucks? I don't know, but kudos to John Horst, man, for like pulling that off. You know, John like, Horst gets a lot of shit online from people that think he's got no clout. He's got no pull with other executives, and the only way he can trade back in is if he calls his old boss. Well, again, though, like they had the fifty eighth pick, and this player would like I, I don't know who I know very little about, but like would have been an early second round pick reportedly. And they pulled the uh, like the old NBA 2K mind trick thing where they're like, no one can draft him except for us. And Rich Paul, a very powerful agent, convinced all the other teams of that. I, th- I thought that was a, a really big deal. So I would much rather give Bochamp, the two new rookies, Drew Timmy. Give me some Drew Timmy action. I'm not a college basketball guy. For me to know who a college basketball player is means that he <laughs> – so I'm like, oh, Drew Timmy. And he, by the way, he's just a summer league invite. He's not even a – two-way guy but uh yeah um i i think if there was a bobby portis trade you would want kevin love like to be there maybe he doesn't play like at all ever but but he's it's a a cheap consistent insurance policy which he's coming to madison i saw bobby is as long as he's not traded first (laughs) oh Hopefully the air quality has improved before Bobby makes his way to FC Madison. I hope so. Dude, I'm lightheaded sitting Me here. Me too. Not good. Um, 
Okay, so while we were talking, I got a text from a buddy. This is the last thing. This is the last thing, yep. Grant has real work to do. It's Brian Windhorst being quoted. So do you. It's Brian Windhorst being quoted, uh, saying, Windhorst, this is Windhorst. I have some speculation. There's a couple of outlandish stuff that I'm not going to say right now because I'd get in trouble. I wish I could tell you more, and I shouldn't. And I know I shouldn't tease you. This is about the Cavs. To which someone then quote tweeted, and this was what was sent to me, which was manifesting a Drew Holiday, Darius Garland deal, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, any reason to get optimistic that there's a you big... Know, I had Jake Fisher on the writer show. Oh, did, today? Monday. Yesterday. How, give me some highlights. He said something to the extent of like, like I, I'd agree. I'd like, if when there's stuff going on that these guys know that they aren't saying yet. Well, it, it's the power of aggregators. Like no one, none of these guys want to be aggregated. Like, so they just don't say, uh, they just hold it because they want to be the ones to eventually write it and not just have it be, Oh, well, like, I, but I am also led to believe we might see some shit go down. So there's definitely a lot of smoke and silly season being that a lot of the conversations that are, happening right now aren't necessarily legal right um (laughs) you know player representation and teams having under the table you know talks about stuff that's coming up so that's why it's kind of difficult to piece together some of this stuff and some of the reporting you can't even really say everything you know because some of the stuff's illegal so this is my question whether it be the darius garland trade that we're trying to manifest i would want to manifest uh you're thinking that there's a there's a Drew Holiday trade coming, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm, if you were to read the tea leaves and read the reporting, and there's a Drew Holiday trade you know, coming. Bucks related. I no, I know, I know that. I still think they stay pat with their four. Grant, I I kind of think they do stay pat and stand pat with their core four, but I I also think this is very different than last off season. Like I think they are exploring everything, and they're they're not afraid to do something like last year, Middleton got hurt. We're going to run it back. Hope that we're healthy. Hope it goes differently. I don't think they're taking the same approach this year. Well, and John, sorry, try to cut you up, but John horse said as much when they made their draft picks who were not the type of guys that they would have typically drafted under Mike Budenholzer. They are steering in a different direction with the type of player. And that leads me to believe that they're not going to stand Pat and maybe they're not going to stand Pat Connaughton anymore either. He could be out the door. Sorry, that was just a play on words I had to try. Nice. I do have two like trades here. I'm going to read them to you in the same thing. These are not my trades. Matt, you um, can leave now. What's that? Matt hates your trades. Oh no, I know, I know he does, but these are not my trades. None of them have been. Um, but point. I'm gonna I'm gonna read them both to you. They're both Bucks Clippers. And um I don't know if you can hear that. Uh they're both Bucks and Clippers. So, mm-hmm, or mm, that you would take one of these, and then if so, which one? Uh, Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen for Paul George? Yes. Or Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen for a bunch of role players, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland. Paul George. Grant. We have Norman Powell, Bones Highland, Terrence Mann. We have them at home. We yeah. have Terrence, Terrence Ross. We have a bunch of role players. Get Paul George. Grant? 
Or you can also say not. You can say nothing. You can say neither. Then you could do my theory where you play Middleton on home games, Paul George on wrong games, and then they finally play together in the playoff for the first time. Well, I was going to say, Chris Middleton and Paul George are some redundancies here. Paul George is a better defender, but he's also older, and they both also get hurt every year. Yeah. Year. Uh-huh. yeah. I think you would do the Paul George one kind of like, you know, with the assumption that you're in a meaningful playoff game, you're probably only having one of Middleton or Paul George healthy. So at least you have like, yeah. even if you have the redundancy, it's like how often will they really both be healthy in June or May or whatever? Um, Grant, so what was your final answer? Then you could neither of those trades, the Paul George one or like the role player one. Probably neither. Cause I value drew Holiday. I feel like we're under rating drew holiday a little bit this off season after some bad playoff games. So I'd probably say neither, but I'd much yeah, prefer Paul George to the role players. But I would just say we might be undervaluing Drew Holiday. But if you can get Paul George for Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen to match salaries, that's a pretty darn good value. And for what it's worth, Paul George is very much on the trade block. Like, they're not going to trade him for nothing, but... Um, they should trade Kawhi. They're trading the wrong one, IMO. Hmm. Well... Yeah, I mean, neither guy is dependable in the playoffs for being available, obviously. Uh, Bart, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Paul George. Yes, I would I would do that. There is redundancy with Chris, but you should do that. All right, that's what I got. Love That's exactly what I was going to do. I don't cry when my dog runs away. I don't I get angry at the bills I have to pay. Angry. I don't get angry when my mom smokes pot. You know the song, Bart? Do the the bottle, who's right to the rock? My parents didn't let me listen to songs about weed. You 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 listen to Sublime though, no? You weren't a kid know. when that song came. You were yes, like was. when that song came. Out. Yeah, we were, we were like the perfect age for Sublime. I don't know. Like like weird, man. Yeah, like crystal ball. What? You had to if you you couldn't just like Sublime. Like I couldn't just like. I had to quietly like Dave. <sighs> You are so concerned about like the perception of like, no, just, because in Fond du Lac, if you like Dave, you also wore tie dyes and hemp uh, necklaces, drug rugs. Yeah, but you know what though? I was listening to Slipknot. That's for Dave. I was listening to Slipknot like on the tennis team, and everyone else who listened to Slipknot in high school was wearing like, you know, all black. Everything. I bought a Weezer so, record in sixth grade and got made fun of by my friends because they were wearing shirts that said Pink Floyd, The Doors, Led Zeppelin. Your friends were cool, sounds like. I was listening. I was fucking turning on WIXX, listening to Crash Test Dummies, Hootie and the Blowfish. Your so friends were posers, most likely, probably. Yeah. No, they all had older brothers and sisters, and I was first out of the litter. Uh, I was oldest as well. In my I was family. craving my own path. Never, uh, never like or dislike something as a result of like, don't do that. Like, just like what you like. And if it's weird, it's weird. And yeah, it's okay. Boys. I love you. And uh, I'll see you later. I might I, pass out. I, I, I do not feel well. Go drink some, go drink some water. I'll drink some water. That's safe. What's up? Go get Is some that, fresh air. Who knows? Some people. No, don't get, no, do not get fresh air. Oh. All right, gentlemen, this was fun. Let's Bye. do it again. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.